Welcome to All Things Alt Tech, where we talk about the emerging digital ecosystem and how the online world is changing by the week. If you want to hear about next generation platforms and browsers, or get the latest on privacy and online free speech issues, or just general banter on the creepy online media industry, this one's for you. So strap in, grab a drink, sit back and enjoy. If you want to comment on an episode or if you want to support the podcast, visit nyman.media slash podcast or feel free to leave a review wherever you're listening from. And thanks for listening. Welcome to the podcast. Today is January 26th, 2020, and today we're going to talk about monetization and specifically some of the monetization efforts that we're seeing in alt tech and most specifically on minds.com as of late. Now, first, I want to start off by talking about different ways to how you can monetize a site, such as a social network. I mean, the obvious thing is, well, we've all seen it, ads. It's quite unimaginative. It's a very web 1.0 way of monetizing. And one of the things that I've talked about a little bit before, but we all know how Facebook is monetizing their site. And I've said this before, but it was very disappointing to see Facebook go down this road when they started monetizing their site. Um, You remember when they hired Sheryl Sandberg from Google? If you don't know who she is, she used to be the VP for uh, global online sales and operations. And she joined very early. She joined like back in 2001 or something to help develop the online advertising programs. Well, when I say develop, I mean basically duplicate what uh, Overture already did. People think that Google invented the the advertising auction. They certainly did not. And actually, Overture has uh, has actually filed a patent infringement lawsuit against Google, but that's that's a different story altogether. Anyway, so Sandberg basically said, let's serve tailored ads against user content and we'll make money. So we'll get all our users' content for free. We put all of our users into targetable segments for advertisers to access, and we'll make billions. And that's exactly what happened. And of course, she was she was paid millions for, for coming up with that wonderful novel idea. Now, as I mentioned before, I mean, ads, especially on Facebook, are often rather annoying, to say the least. And they can also be quite intrusive, especially if the platform, you know, such as Facebook uses, you know, AI to tease out characteristics out of you, um, and you have no idea what's actually going on and why you're being served uh, creepily specific ads. Now, ads, of course, can also be very disruptive and not in a good way. I mean, they actually present a bit of a paradox in terms of the platform's interests. I mean, you earn money when you successfully divert users away from the site. So what do you want to do? Do you want people to to stick around or do you want them to leave? Now, another way to monetize your site is, of of course, just to use a flat subscription fee. It's straightforward and it's pretty simple. Now, users, I think, over the past few years have... We've gotten used to sites being free, or in other words, that the the monetization happens somewhere further downstream or upstream, however you want to look at it. And namely, I mean, your data is being harvested off of you and it's presented as a smorgasbord to advertisers, more or less. So you might not be paying outright, but, well, you kind of are the product and advertisers make money off of you and off of the targeting capabilities and influencing that goes on in the background. Now, if you look at Facebook, the Average revenue per user per quarter is around 25 bucks or so in the US, that is. And so that's probably way more than you would pay to use Facebook. I mean, I don't think you'd be paying 100 bucks a year for it. I don't know, probably some people would. But it is easily the amount that advertisers are siphoning off of you. So in other words, you are likely buying products to the tune of that value, or I should say the 
the average user is probably buying products to the tune of that value. In fact, probably far beyond because of Facebook and because of the advertising that's happening on Facebook. And yes, I mean, Facebook ads do work quite well. And, uh, and now you can actually run, you know, holdout tests and you can see with statistical significance how many incremental sales Facebook actually delivers. In other words, I mean, you can see how many more products users who have been exposed to ads buy versus people who are not exposed to any ads. And it can be very, very high. So Facebook's problem is not that the ads are worthless. It's more that users are grossly misled and used and abused. Anyway, that's enough about the subscription fee piece with a little bit, a bit of Facebook stuff sprinkled into it as well. Then let's look at microtransactions. I mean, this is just a solution where you're paying for, let's say, messages or contact requests or what have you. Another thing, of course, is using stickers and memes and so forth. And crypto might present slightly more opportunities for you know, facilitating microtransactions, but they're not really necessary, if you ask me. And, and in fact, you know, many platforms, they bill external developers based on API usage. So in other words, to make it really simple here, so you as an external developer, if you want to interact with a platform, you pay for requests made to the platform's server. Um, and this is very, very common. So let's say you make 10,435 requests. Okay, you pay $4.32. And this is pretty much a microtransaction, and it is, it is adopted quite far and wide already. And, you know, speaking of stickers, Facebook are actually charging for things such as stickers, uh, but it's a very, very small component of the experience. But anyway, here's a bit of a curveball monetization method. I mean, you could bill your users based on something like, you know, time on site. I mean, it's, it's perfectly doable, and it's a pretty straightforward metric. And it would, it would serve to you know, curb excessive usage. It would help tackle social media addiction and so, and so forth. It would be like a bit of a selling point in and of itself. Anyway, the point being, with all the data that we're capturing these days, it's perfectly possible to, to use something not so obvious or, uh, or to, to just kind of think creatively in terms of how you want to be monetizing your audiences. Also remember that all these models uh, that I just mentioned, they can obviously be blended as well. So you can you can have a far more balanced scheme and that can con contribute to a, to a far better user experience as well. And, and in fact, just imagine if Google had gone in this direction. So rather than going kind of all in on the auction model, what they could have done is they could have just sort of raised the quality threshold for their ads. In other words, just serve fewer ads. And meanwhile, they could have just made, say, the personalization feature optional and paid for. So, so for example, if you want personalized search results, you should be able to turn them off. And that way you can exactly see, well, what am I getting here? And more importantly, how much is it worth to me? And then I might actually choose to pay for them. Uh, and I think, you know, people are actually far more okay with data collection and, you know, all the harvesting and processing if they have explicitly signed up to it uh, in black and white and they have agreed to it. And I'm not talking about, you know, forcing people to read 150 pages of legalistic terms and conditions of, of different types. I'm talking about uh, showing, I mean, what you're actually doing, what the platform is actually doing and how. But now, but let's talk a little bit about some of the recent monetization efforts as it pertains to to alt tech. So Minds.com have have just recently launched their pro pages, and uh, they're charging fifty bucks a month, and uh, they let you customize your channel a whole lot more and use it more as a well as a website. 
On top of that, you of course get, most importantly, I think, you get paid for page views. So, I mean, first of all, this 50 bucks, it is still pretty expensive for just a common man or a woman. And unlike most users, I actually went ahead and read the terms and conditions because I want to see exactly what this is all about. And I should say it's pretty short, but the first thing that stuck out to me quite early on in this thing is that you have, is, and I'll read this one, you hereby consent to the use of your name, likeness, blog name, and any associated content or logos by minds in connection with advertisements, articles, and other similar communications conducted by minds relating to the program. And if you're not a lawyer, what this basically means is just they can use your face for promoting and advertising minds. I mean, I'm going to say it, it's a little bit douchey because they're, you're basically saying I consent here and consent when it comes to, you know, something really critical such as the use of your identity should be opt in. So, so please just remove this. Anyway, here's the good stuff though. Minds will pay you 25% um, of all payments from users that you refer when they buy, say, you know, Minds tokens or if they subscribe to Minds Pro. So you get a 25% cut of the expenditures of your referred users, which is quite a, quite a bit actually. It's, that's quite generous, I must say. On top of that, Minds will also pay you 10 cents for every active user that you refer to the Minds network. <clears throat> I mean, that's not going to be any significant amount of money unless you are PewDiePie, but in any case. Now let's look at the RPMs that you're going to be paid here. And well, RPM is basically um, revenue per 1,000 page views. So they're going to pay you a $1 RPM, which if you run AdSense on any website before, you'll know that that's pretty, pretty, pretty standard, I guess, unless you're writing financial news commentary or, or writing very specific articles about high ticket items and so forth. It gets even better, though, because for page views exceeding 100,000 views per month, Minds will then pay you $5 RPM. Now that's quite a bit. So if you are sort of like a mid-sized, well, I would say that you're pretty large at this point, you get quite, you, you can earn quite a bit of money here. Of course, they cap it off. If you, if you exceed 1 million page views, then the RPM drops back to $1. I think it's probably unlikely that they can generate all that many users with, you know, 100 page views per month. Certainly they will generate some. But let's continue reading the, the, T's, the T's and C's here for a second. Now, here's the thing. They're not going to pay you unless you hit $100. So if you're really one of the long tail users and hoping to make something off of the, off the traffic that you manage to generate, I mean, you're probably not going to be making anything. But on the, on the other hand, that's exactly similar to Google AdSense as well. They don't pay you un until you hit that. I think it's a hundred bucks. Now also it says, and, and now also it says here, Minds may terminate your participation at any time or without cause even even without notice, effective immediately. I mean, I would kind of expect that from one of the behemoth tyrannical platforms out there, but if they are expecting users to bring their show onto Minds, you'd want some kind of certainty that, you know, the plug can't be pulled just like that. And that's especially true in this day and age, and especially for the types of people who might be interested in Minds. And what I mean by that is, and we are living in an age of deplatforming, depersonification, um, heavy pressure being applied from all sides of the political spectrum. So I don't love that too much, to be honest. I understand they have to kind of guard themselves because they don't know quite yet, you know, who's this going to attract? Um, what kind of value are people going to generate? What kind of what kind of RPMs are they going to end up paying and so forth? So 
we'll, they're going to have to see. I understand that they have to be a little bit, like I say, cautious here. Now, Bill Ottman, who is basically, he's one of the co-founders of the platform, he said in an interview just recently that, well, after all, I mean, people are hanging out on social networks, so you don't really need proprietary sites, pretty much. I mean, that was the point. But I think that's a bit of a defeatist attitude. And, and I think what I would rather see here is probably, if your minds, why not release an SDK where people can, well, first of all, accept the minds token externally, or release an API, at least, so you can easily post your content to minds.com from your own site. Or, or what about you know supporting a protocol that facilitates cross-platform interactions? I mean, it sounds to me this may be in the works. I don't know if it is, then great. But the idea that you know personal websites, proprietary websites, they're kind of a thing of the past. I'm not so sure about that, I, and I don't think it's sound that we continue down the path of you know a few monolithic websites running the show. But I do like that you can actually use your own URL for Minds Pro. So as if I understand things correctly, you can actually have your own domain name, but still have it be a mind.com participant, so to speak. But I think, you know, we don't want another walled garden. We don't want another mon monolithic company that happens, even if it happens to be the best one today, we don't know what it's going to look like five years down the line. And we don't know what, what other players are going to be around in five years time. So the point is, I mean, as a content creator, you don't want to invest your efforts and, and push all your content to one platform and then five years down the line, there's a better one. Or your favorite platform is all of a sudden uh, grossly unsound, which is kind of what's happened now with, with some of the social networks out there. So I think, you know, at least they should give you a method or an option for keeping your domain if you ever wanted to get off mine. So that would give you, give me a lot more peace of mind, at least. Now, one last feature, of course, in Pro is, is the templates. Now, it seems like you will have a lot of customizability, but if I understand correctly, you're still stuck with something of a template. And I think, you know, streamlining and, and enforcing uniformity, that is so kind of Web 1.0. I mean, if you really want to help users create personalized experiences, let them go wild. Maybe allow HTML outright. But having said all this, I mean, I applaud these efforts. This seems a lot more lucrative um, than using any of the existing social networks. I'm really excited to see what's going to happen here. And I really hope that some of the bigger fish are going to jump aboard. That's a weird pun. Fish don't jump aboard anything. But anyway, just in conclusion here, I mean, I think it's pretty clear at this point that the future of monetization whether that be sites in general or, or social media networks, it's clearly going to be more focused on sharing. And when I say that, I mean sharing income with users. So the user will have to be part of the equation in one way or the other moving forwards. And if you look at what's happening right now, I mean, the user kind of gets the bum deal. They, they're the ones who produce everything. They're the reason why people go to social networks, but they get nothing. And, and I think that's why we've seen the rise of, you know, influencers over the past few years. I mean, it's just a desperate and sometimes outrageous attempt to get some kind of value from your audience. And, and if the platforms themselves won't pay them, then well, they will find some kind of scummy, scammy advertiser who will. And that's why we have so many of these influencer douchebags. Anyway, another big thing that I mentioned and, and that I do see on the horizon is micropayments. So there's going to be more tipping. We're going to have probably more of these small micro donations and so forth. And as I mentioned before, I mean, this doesn't necessarily require cryptocurrencies. I mean, I think cryptos will facilitate smaller transactions quite a bit. Maybe we're going to have to see. 
so I spoke a bit about Minds.com. But one thing I have to point out, though, is that, you know, Brave and Brave Browser, they are already doing rewards and monetization, much in the same way that I discussed about just now with, with Minds.com, but they're doing this at the ecosystem level. So if you have your own site, well, no problem, you can monetize it. And also, with Brave Browser, there are publisher ads coming down the pike, meaning that's probably going to raise your, your prospects for earning even more as a site owner. One sound development is definitely one kind of whereby content creators don't have to ally with monolithic platforms. So you want to be able to control your own domain. I mean, you should be able to be the only gatekeeper to your content. And, you know, Bill Ottman is right when he says that, you know, people will want to hang out on the main platforms. True. And there can only be so many public squares and they're going to be big ones. But that's not to say that we, we don't need small shopkeepers anymore. And if we can have both, in other words, if it's possible to, you know, run your own domain while still being able to enjoy traffic to and from larger platforms, well, that's great. And if we can move towards, you know, some kind of a social media protocol, such as ActivityPub, uh, meaning where you can actually have social networks interoperate, whether between themselves or between uh, very small sites and big social networks, well, that would be fantastic. Anyway, that's all for this show. What do you think about this? I mean, how would you want to see social networks and sites monetize? Are you going to try Minds Pro, by the way? You can send me an email on podcast at nyman.media. Oh, and also remember, I collect news on alt tech and, you know, big tech and fintech. And I post them all on nyman.media slash news. And also, of course, you can follow me on good old Twitter at nyman.media. You'll pretty much get the same thing with some banter along with it. Thanks for listening. Catch you next week. Well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to comment on an episode or if you want to support the podcast, visit nyman.media slash podcast. That's n-y-m-a-n dot media slash podcast. Or feel free to leave a review wherever you're listening from. And thanks for listening.